Isabella by Patricia M. Jackson Prologue Waiting is a horrible word, signifying so much and yet nothing. You know something is about to happen, but it hadn't yet. That's where she was at the moment, on the precipice between everything and nothing, waiting to see what was going to happen. She had no idea how she got to this point in her life where she was completely unsure that the next step she took was the best one. God, she hoped it was. She hoped they were doing the right thing, and that she wouldn't wake up tomorrow regretting this entire day. A fine mist wafted in the wind off the lake as she sat in the front seat of Chad's car, a new car that he bought this week, out of necessity. It smelled fresh and wonderful, the crisp cleanliness enveloping her in its warm embrace. The leather seats felt soft and buttery as she rubbed the smooth surface. This car was a sensible choice for him, a four-door sedan, a family car. It wasn't the sports car he might have bought had he been a typical young hockey player with his first pro money. The day had started out as a bright, warm inviting June day in Duluth, with a beautiful blue sky. There had been an infrequent random cloud reflected off the calm waters of Lake Superior, and a brisk crispness in the air that burned off with the morning sun, but the weather was unpredictable here, and it had taken a quick turn. A gust of wind blew with force against the car as she watched Chad who pulled up the lapels of his suit jacket against his neck to take an edge off of the sting of the water whipping against his face. The expression on his face is one of measured concentration as he talked amiably to one of the Coast Guard officers on duty at the ship canal tonight. She would not have described Chad as a handsome man, but rather that he is reliable and rugged in his own insanely, crazy way, with his long, wild red hair blowing hither and yon in the wind. He was trying to talk the guy into God knows what for this very makeshift ceremony that said everything about his impulsive nature. She shook her head and rolled her eyes as she turned away to watch the waves crashing against the rocky shoreline a few feet from the parking lot at the end of Canal Park. What was she doing, marrying this guy with just a few hours of notice? Talk about overcompensating. Why couldn't she say no to him? In their relationship what made it completely impossible for her to maintain her identity, the rationale, same person she'd always been? What had this man done to her? Just minutes ago, she'd been sitting in a waiting room at St. Mary's Hospital with him at her side as a doctor delivered the terrible, earth-shattering news. It had been obvious to her that he was numb, that his brain couldn't process what the doctor had said to him, so she'd just held his hand, squeezing it with all her might as she sat next to him in the ICU waiting room. What a horrible name. Why didn't they just call it the Depression or Despondency Room? It was unlikely that many happy moments had ever taken place in that 10 by 15 foot space with institutional wallpaper, threadbare nappy carpeting, uncomfortable chairs and a wide variety of crumpled magazines that had been mindlessly thumbed through while someone's life hung in the balance. The only thing that room had going for it was the picture window with one of the most incredible views in the world. In spite of this, all she could think of as she sat there looking out at the vista of the beautiful, clear water was that Chad's world had just fallen apart and yet he'd failed to process it. How had she known that? Well, his face had been blank. He hadn't cried or moaned. He'd sat without any expression. To some degree, he had been in shock. Chad, her boyfriend, no, ex-fiancé, had been in crisis. She'd agreed to marry him a long, long time ago, but had returned the ring until he worked things out and understood how to be a real partner in a marriage. Indeed, it now seemed like a million years since he'd first proposed. What should you do when someone close to you, who you haven't seen in weeks and you've been on again and off again with for years was in such a state? You be there for him, that's what you do? She crushed her upper body to him, leaning her head against his shoulder over the chair that divided them as she took a tighter grip of his hand. Chad leaned forward with his elbows on his legs, 
his mind desperately trying to grasp the incomprehensible. She gently rubbed his back, just to make sure he knew she was there. It felt like an eternity had passed before he finally spoke. What am I going to do? SHH. Don't worry about it right now. Just take a deep breath and sit for a minute. I'm right here, she said, trying to calm him a bit. He needed reassurance, if only for a minute. Two nurses came over to talk to him. Mr. Murphy, we just wanted to let you know how sorry we are for your loss. We've been working with him for the past couple of days and, well, we did our best to make sure he was in no pain. I firmly believe that he knew you were here, Chad, if I can call you Chad. He knew you loved him, one of the nurses said. He looked up at her blankly, uh, thanks. She reached out her hand to the nurse that had spoken and shook her hand. Thank you so much for your efforts and your kind words. The other nurse spoke then. We'll let you have more time alone. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. The social worker should be up shortly. After the nurses had walked away, Chad lowered his head and held it in the palms of his hands. His mind was spinning out of control, and he needed some time for everything to sink in. He spoke into his hands, what do I do now? Nothing. There's nothing more to do. There's nothing anybody can do, she said, as she kept her hand firmly on his back. It has just really hit me. I'm all alone now. What do I do? She squeezed his shoulders slightly, so he could feel that she was at his side. You keep on going. Besides, you're not alone. I'm right here. He pulled his head up, looked over at her and put his giant hand on her inner thigh, grabbing it kind of roughly, then after realizing he was gripping her too hard, released his hold slightly and rubbed the skin of her leg with his thumb. Yeah, you are, aren't you? What would I do without you? Well, you don't have to find out because I'm right here. He took a deep breath and then exhaled, looking away from her. Yeah, but for how long? He kept his hand where it was. After years, maybe they would finally talk things out now. Alerted, she sat up a little straighter. Hey, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I know. Chad's hand moved up to gently caress the skin on the top of her thigh. I always screw something up, and you end up walking away. He reached over suddenly, and pulled her to his chest, nestling into her neck. Oh God, I need you, he sobbed as he clung to her. I need you so bad right now. He started to cry, and she decided that was a good thing. He needed to let his emotions out. She held him back in return, hooking her arms around his solid, broad shoulders. Chad, I'll be here as long as you need me, okay? She rubbed the skin along his collar as the awkward embrace continued over hospital waiting room chairs. Still clutching onto her, he said, I need to know you won't leave me. I won't leave you. I promise. Ever. Ever? Chad, I can't promise that. She pulled back slightly. He pulled back more and focused his bright baby blue eyes, reddened now with worry and sleeplessness, directly on hers. Do you know what I was doing when this all happened? She shook her head. I was downtown asking your dad if I could propose, again. I was on my way to your house to ask you. I had your ring in my pocket. I still do. He laid his head on her shoulder. She let out a deep sigh. Oh, Chad. He lifted his head to look into her eyes again. Say you won't leave, that you'll be my wife. Chad, I already said yes once. We have to work things out, but someday, yes, I'll be your wife. You know I'll say yes because I love you. I won't leave you because I love you. Not someday. Today. I need you. His shaky voice was full of emotion. He rubbed her shoulder, lovingly. I need to know you'll be my wife today, and that you won't ever leave me. 
She looked up at the ceiling, just to break his gaze and give herself some room to breathe and think and pushed slowly against his chest. Chad, I know this is rough, but you just need to know I won't go, okay? You have to trust me. Listen, I know it's stupid, but I need it, to know you won't dump me when it gets hard, and I do something stupid. You know I'll do something stupid. We need to make it legal so that I'm hooked to you. His gaze moved from the top of her head down to her mouth as he caressed her hair with his hand. Say you'll be my wife today. Please. His lips claimed hers in a deep, hard passionate kiss that expressed all the longing a man can have for a woman. As he pulled back, he asked again, please. Marry me. She leaned her head on his shoulder, just so tired from the emotions of the last few days and the enormity of the moment. Oh, Chad, you're the most exasperating man in the world. I don't know what to do with you. He chuckled slightly, my mother always said that. Great, I'm in good company, she said, still with her head leaning on him. But how? She pulled back again. Looking at the clock on the wall, it's already 2.30 in the afternoon. These things don't happen that quickly. We'll make it happen. Will you? Will you marry me today? You didn't answer. She raised her hand to his cheek with its stubble of growth of three days of red beard and the sad, puppy dog look in his eyes. Yes, if you can make it happen. I'll marry you if that will make you feel more secure. I'm not going anywhere unless it's with you. You got it? His lips curved into a smile. I got it. You've made me the happiest man alive right now. You've turned one of the worst days of my life into the best day, Izzy. It'll go down as the very best day. He kissed her hard and fast then pulled back again. I love you so much. I love you too, crazy man. Suddenly, he peeled away from their embrace, stood up and paced around the room, pulled his hands at his hair, trying to think of what to do next. Okay, so we need a license for sure. Do we need blood tests? We're in a hospital. They could do that. He paced back to her. No, they don't do that anymore. It's just a license, Chad. I have looked into this. His head snapped back at her, with a huge grin on his face. You did? Really? You thought about it for real? He stopped pacing for a bit. Yeah, I did at some point. I was dreaming, of course. She thought maybe a little sarcasm might bring him down to earth. He grabbed her face between his hands, bent down. Baby, you're my dream come true, and kissed her quickly again. Then jumped to his feet, he grabbed her hand and pulled her towards the nurse's station. As they approached, one of the nurses saw them and asked, What can we do for you, Mr. Murphy? Can I use a phone? He asked. Certainly. There's a courtesy phone just down the hall, in the waiting room. She pointed down the hallway where they'd just been. Of course. We walked right by it. Thank you. He pulled her along behind him, back to the waiting room, sat down next to the phone in the furthest corner from where they'd been sitting, and started to dig out his wallet from his jeans. She sat across from him, incredulous that this man was serious about marrying her before the night was over. She just shook her head. No, 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 he said, no negative thoughts. We can make this happen. Her concern at that point was that this frantic energy would at some point wear off that this manic desire to get married so that he wouldn't be alone would go away, and the tragedy that had occurred would gradually start to sink in. However, she knew that she was in too deep. She'd need to do whatever it took to get him through the day. She'd keep her promise and stay with him, come what may. Who are you calling? She asked. He dialed a number from his little black book and waited for a response. My agent. He'll help make this happen. He smiled broadly. It's his job. Can you believe it? 
Someone had answered the phone now, as he was alerted to the noise from the receiver. Yeah, hey, this is Chad Murphy. Can I talk to JP? He waited a moment. Hey, JP there was a pause. Yeah, we lost him. Another pause. I know. Thanks, man. Listen, I need your help. Izzy and I want to get married today. Pause. Yeah, for real, today. We're in Duluth, obviously. Can you get someone to do it? Yeah, like maybe the mayor or something? What do we have to do? He paused again. Oh really? Oh, man, you are the greatest. Okay. He looked over at me. Where? He asked me. Where? Yeah, where? In the entire city of Duluth, where? Her mind raced. Such an important thing, deciding where you were going to get married, and she had only seconds to decide. Hmm, let's see. Brighton Beach? No, too messy. Seven Bridges Road? No, nobody'd know which bridge. Hmm, Anchor Tower. Yeah, that had possibilities. Nah, too west side. Oh, why not? Canal Park. The pier, she returned. The pier on a June evening. There'd be a ton of tourists but, hey, isn't that what Duluth and Canal Park was all about now? Chad returned to his conversation with JP she says Canal Park, the pier. Pause. Yeah, I know. Totally awesome. Okay. 7 p.m. that'll work. Oh, hey, JP thanks, man. You're the greatest, seriously. Pause. Okay, thanks. Bye. He turned back to her, sitting across from him. Okay. It's set. JP will get an official who can marry us at the pier at 7 p.m. tonight. We gotta get a license at the courthouse and, well, I suppose, talk to your family, huh? See I told you we could make it happen. He smiled wide, a thrilled look in his eyes. You ready for this? Again, she just shook her head at him. Oh, Chad. What am I gonna do with you? He stood up, came over to her, pulled her to her feet and against his body. Just love me, okay? We're going to have the best day today. He pulled back, took her face in his hands. Trust me, okay? I'm not as crazy as you think I am. I just love you, and I want to be with you forever. He brought his lips to hers, sweetly and gently, and she felt her world spin as his kisses stole her breath away. This had been what she remembered. Her mind whirled with the wild swings of emotions this man was experiencing and dragging her along as an unwedding partner. She couldn't shake the unsettling thought that one day the consequences of their impulsiveness would come crashing down and bury them. Here she was now, waiting, in the in-between moment when she was single, free and living her life her way and when she was married, tethered to Chad for, well she guessed, forever. Does everyone have these doubts? It felt like a thousand butterflies madly danced inside her stomach. The day had flashed away, going to the courthouse, walking hand in hand, to get their license, rushing through the paperwork and frantically trying to find a judge who was willing to bypass the five-day waiting period. Of course, that was a breeze for a professional hockey star like Chad Murphy. Who didn't love the guy? The terror on the ice, who dominated in every way possible, right? For anyone but her, of course. She could make the man putty in her hands, with a single look. Manic Murphy was his nickname. Today had certainly been proof of the manic part for sure. What would happen when the mania had passed? She would be there for him. It was inevitable that he would eventually feel this loss, and it would be a big fall, in which case she was going to have to be there to pick up the pieces with him. She'd promised, and she'd live up to that part. There just wasn't a way out of the marriage part of her promise right now. There was no way she could back out and not break the man into tiny pieces. 
he might be irreparably damaged after a break like that. So, she would do it. She knew the moment he brought it up. So what was it with all these doubts? Hadn't she thought about this a thousand times in the past two years? Maybe this was just a normal, scared reaction to a four-hour build-up to a wedding? She looked down at the beautiful daisy and rose bouquet in her lap. Considering it was very last minute, the florist had done a fantastic job, and she couldn't have hoped for any better. Her mother's ivory dress was everything she had hoped for, with a luscious satin bodice and long, simple flowing trapeze gown. It was stunning. Her sisters had come through for her. Sophia had done an incredible job of a very quick updo with her hair, with gentle tendrils of chestnut framing her face. She had Gabby's earrings on as her something new, which also happened to be blue in her grandmother's locket on a lovely chain as her something old. She was as ready as you could get in two hours or less. She looked up from her flowers when she heard a gentle tapping on the car window, the droplets of water drizzled down the glass from the mist. It was her mom, smiling at her proudly, with her dad right behind her. They were dressed in their Sunday best and seemed just as happy with this quick ceremony as they might have been with the church wedding that had been planned for months. Mom had been so supportive when they'd stopped at the restaurant downtown to give them the news. She'd pulled her dad aside and said they needed to close down for the day. Once he found out why, he quickly booted everybody out, boxed up pizzas and takeout boxes for the leftover patrons and after shooing them all out, locked the doors behind them. He'd ordered the staff to build a feast for after the wedding, and they all went back to the house to prepare, clean up and get dressed. There was a sudden air of electric excitement from everyone. Her mom had found an old suit that belonged to her twin. Tom had also been a buff hockey player once upon a time, and as such, the suit was a pretty good fit on Chad. Yes, it was a little long, but her mom had ironed in a temporary hem, and Chad looked pretty sharp. There was a genuine twinkle in his eyes he gazed over at her in the car. Her hair would never hold up in the wind, but, maybe they'd get a lovely, quick picture, with her sister, Sarah, acting as official photographer for the event. She smiled at her mother's face in the window and opened the door, taking one faltering foot into her married future with one foot firmly planted in the past. She was standing at the threshold to the future. Chad's car door was the portal. Her mind flashed with memories from the long, long road they'd taken to get where they were. End of prologue